God is so amazing. Aren't you glad you're a Christian? Serve God? Aren't you glad you don't live in Houston anymore? <laughs> Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Well, I just wanted to report to you that it is cool somewhere. <laughs> just not here. We got to be in the hills there last weekend or whenever that was, and uh, I tried to start a church up there and just stay. 46 degrees in the morning, so how about that? Sure was bad coming home, watching the old metered old temperature gauges clicking up and clicking up and clicking up. Closer we came to Texas, but well, glory to God, we made it. So, I understand y'all had awesome preachers. Everybody did great. Nobody threw tomatoes or anything like that. Just pulled the whole house down. Praise God. Well, I got a word for you tonight. So, go to the, get your Bibles out and go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 29. Book of Proverbs. Title of this message is Taking the High Ground. And Proverbs 29 25. It says, the fear man brings a snare. How, how many of y'all can say amen about that? Amen. If, the, if you've got the fear of man in you, if a fear, uh, let, let me change that to just not be the fear of man, but the fear of really anything. You know, have you noticed, I, I say this all the time, but I'm just telling you, if you go, if you go and read the headlines of the newspaper, you're not going to want to get out of your house. You're not going to want to go to work. You're not going to want to invest your money. You're not going to want to eat anything. You're not going to want to drink anything, right? I mean, it's just like you just read through the headlines, and it's just everything is doom and gloom. You know, if it isn't this killing you, it's that killing you, and then this and that and the other. And I mean, you know, that, that's also a snare. It says the fear of man, but yes, but also the fear of all these other things going on. But it says, whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Now, I, you know, I don't, I, I, I love to study the Word and love to tear the Word up, and no matter where I'm at, what I'm doing, you know, the Word's going on in me. And uh, I, I don't, you know, sometimes the Holy Ghost just does that, and I, I'm like, okay. And so I start following you down a, a trail. And so on this, when I read that, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. The word safe just leapt off the page to me. What does it mean to be safe? Right? Because it's so funny because <clears throat> people that like build a doomsday bunker, that's not safe. You know what I'm saying? That, 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 the sustainability is not to the day you die. You, what if something goes wrong? What if you just get the flu? Right? I, I mean, what if you just happen to get bit by a black widow spider? You know, I mean, you, there's no way you can guard everything is what I'm trying to say. No matter how well you want to prepare your bunker, there's no way to guard from all the things that are out there in the world. So what does it mean to be safe? What does it mean to be secure? What does it mean to where there was a place, whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe, that you can walk into, and what does this word safe mean? Okay, so I looked it up. It's a word, Hebrew word, uh, H7682. It's sagav. And when I read it, I just leapt, leapt, I leapt up and down, did somersaults through the house, backflips, 
Because the word means to be, this is what it literally means, to be on high, be inaccessibly high, to be safely set inaccessible to the enemy. What do you think about that? I mean, it's like you're up so high that you're just looking down and saying, Hi, nanny, nanny, nubu. You can't get me. So when I read that, then it, when I, because, you know, <clears throat> safe meant something, you know, like I'm thinking a safe, a gun safe, you know, a vault, a safe. I'm, I, this is where my mind was going. But then when I looked at the root of the word, I said, What a minute, set on high? Inaccessibly high. So then it made me start thinking about the high ground. And I started, I went, so I went and I started looking up some stuff in military strategy about the high ground. Now, what's interesting about that is most of the, most of the strategy is you always want to fight from the high ground, okay? But I re- did read another article that talked about um, back in like the 1400s, a Chinese dynasty, they all had the high ground. They built big walls and all stuff on there, but they didn't build it right. And so the invading army came in, they looked at the high ground and said, okay, we'll just wait you out. So they just encircled the mountain because they didn't have all the supplies that they needed up there. So they encircled the mountain and just wait them out for about three months until everybody starved out and they just went up there and took the city. So there's something about the high ground, but you got to be smart about the high ground. Okay. Then I read where uh, when we came, got into the Afghanistan war in the preliminary days, and they're talking about what, how they need to take it because Afghanistan all has you know, high mountains, and all the insurgents are in the high mountains. And so everybody began to look at this. And so uh, David Petraeus said, if we're going to really take the high ground, we have to take the high road. And the only way to do that is we have to gain the people's trust. And so we have to change our strategy completely. We're not going to go to the mountains. We're going to go to the valley. And we're going to try to make relationships with all the people so that the people will trust us more than the insurgents. We're going to build relationships and every day try to make one person's life better. That was the strategy. Okay? So taking the high ground, what I want you to know or not, I am talking physically about high ground, but I'm also talking about in your life, sometimes you're going to have to take the high road. The high road may be forgiveness, and it may not seem like a high road, right? You may seem like you're losing, but you're really not. You're gaining, okay? So just a few, few points here. The first thing that everybody talks about taking the high ground was is that elevated ground gives you a greater field of view. Right? The higher you are, then you can see what's going on, right? That's always better to know. If your enemy's attacking you, it's always better to see him coming. Hello? Okay. So go to Isaiah 46, 9. There's nobody that has a greater field of view than God. Right? See, what we don't understand is our, our, our vision is mostly limited to this earth. Everything you see here, right? We can look up at the skies, you can see up there at night, we can go get a telescope and look out the stars, but we're limited 
here. But when you're in heaven, the Bible talks about a great cloud of witnesses watching what's going on. God's interacting in our lives and seeing what's going on. Angels are dispatched going here and there and doing this and that and the other. So from heaven to earth, there's always a double vision, the vision going on in heaven and the vision that is actually taking place on the earth. Follow me? They're seen in two dimensions at the same time. We're only seeing one. So nobody's got a greater field of view than God. He's sitting up there knowing what's in heaven. Folks, it's like, it's like, you know, there's a war and there's a little, little, little gang. There's a little gang. Ten gang members are out there with chains and, and, and sticks and knives, and they're threatening your house. But what they don't know is you're looking at your arsenal on the inside of nuclear weapons, right? That it's not even, they don't stand a chance. That's the way God's looking at your problems in life. We're looking at them like, oh my gosh, there's a gang outside. But God's looking at it from his resources of heaven. And he's looking at everything that's going on in heaven. He's looking at everything that's there. All the angels, all the things that are taking place, all the, everything's there. He's looking at that and then looking at your situation. And he's like, you got to see the big arsenal on my side. I've already got the high ground. He says to Isaiah 46, 9, remember the former things of old, for I am God. For I am God. Not I am a God. I am God with the big G. And there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, not the beginning from the end, but the end from the beginning. He's already seen everything going on in life. He's already seen it to, at the end and what the end is going to be. He's already looking. He's already got so much. Knowledge. Hey, listen, how many of y'all that are just a little bit on the older side? know more now than you did when you were 20. And had you known what you know now when you were 20, you might have done things differently. Hindsight, like they say, is always 2020. Looking back, you say, man, if I didn't. I've done things a little differently. Hello? But God said, that's how I am all the time. I've already seen the end from the beginning. So you talk about a field of view. You talk about taking the high ground. No wonder God can say, if you come with me, I can set you on a high place with me to where you're inaccessible to the enemy. From the ancient times, things that are not yet done. He said, man, I already know what's, it hadn't happened, but I knew it was going to happen. I know what's going to happen. Saying, my counsel, counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Okay? The second point about taking the high ground, why you want the high ground, is, okay, yes, you've got a clear field of view, but it's very easy on high ground to put scouts out and for them to tell you when the enemy's coming. Because, you know, one of the main things that happen in war, in battle, is fatigue. Not only just the fatigue of the fight, but the fatigue of not being able to sleep because you think somebody's going to be up there and knock you in the head. Right? So how much greater to have scouts that are out? Hey, they're coming. They're making an attack. How would you like to just, like, if you, you know, we're going to come under attack, that an angel just knocking on your door. I just wanted to report to you that enemies come in. You still go ahead and drink your coffee, finish reading your scriptures. Everything's okay. Uh, God's got this under control, but you know, he'll, the enemy will be here in you know, about 45 minutes. Thank you. I appreciate it. God bless you for telling me. 
Sweetie, Bev are going to be here in about 45 minutes, but we got time to finish your coffee. <laughs> Makes things real simple, right? You don't have to worry about anything. Okay? So go to Psalms 121 to 1. 121. Verse 1 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord. Doesn't come from an idol. Doesn't come from a rock. Doesn't come from a temple. Doesn't come from a high mountain. Doesn't come from some mystical cave. No, no, no. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth who will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He ain't going to sleep. You ever think about that? Things catch us off guard, but things never catch God off guard. Things catch us off guard. You know, it's like I I was concerned about my well system, and so I put in an extra storage tank, and then uh, talking to the great... uh, water people around here. So they, they told me uh, that there was a new alarm system that you could put on there that had the sound that goes off and that when the water level got to a certain level, the alarm would go off and you could hear it. And then you'd know that you could go up there and shut off whatever needed to be shut off and you know, catch half your tank of water. So man, that sounds great. Give me one. So we put one in. So it hadn't been in there a couple of weeks and uh, the alarm went off which was my wife tapping me on the shoulder saying, we don't have any water. (laughs) Was it Sunday morning or was it Saturday night? No, it was Sunday morning. Yeah, it was Sunday morning. A few Sunday mornings back. That's what I got woke up to. I was like, where's the alarm? Well, then you walked over to the door and you opened up the door and you hear, shut the door, you don't hear nothing. Open the door, shut the door. I was like, well, the alarm... Didn't do me any good. Unless you're a cat or a dog outside. You, you know, I'm sure they were all like ongs walking around saying, what is that noise? But I was sound asleep. So my alarm was my wife tapping me saying, I don't have any water. God doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep. Nothing catches him off guard. That's called caught off guard. I didn't go to bed expecting my water to be out and to be wake up. Y'all know how it is, country people. You don't know water, man. It ain't good. Right? So what I'm saying is God never slumbers. He never sleeps. He's not going to get caught off guard. He doesn't have a scout that's going to be asleep and say, oh, gosh, what happened? Behold, he who keeps Israel shall never slumber sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is a shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by night nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. He's always there, keeping you in a high place. It's not going to go to sleep. Listen, it's not, you're not going to pull one over on him. He's not going to say, what happened? Right? That's never happened in freedom prayer. Y'all been in freedom prayer, sitting there praying for a person, a person tells the Lord something, and he says, what? What did you hear from the Lord? He said, what? It's never come up, has it? (laughs) What happened? Where was I? All right. I like this one. Third point. About having the high ground. 
If you've got the high ground, it's harder for the enemy to attack because he has to go uphill, right? He has to get tired trudging uphill to get to you. All right? So let's go to Matthew 11. Matthew 11, 28. Jesus says, come to me in this high and exalted place. All you who labor and are heavy laden, let me give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's saying, look, Jesus is saying, I got the high ground. You don't have to work and trudge up the hill. I've already got the high ground. Come take my yoke upon me, yourself. My yoke's easy and my burden's light. Let, let all the other yahoos trudge up. Don't, come on, sit up here with me. Get in this high, exalted place with me, this safe place with me. Come trust in me and stay in this safe place with me and, and let all the enemies trudge up the hill, but it's not going to do any good. I've got you taken care of. Let them get tired, not you. Hello? Let them get tired, not you. The next point. I'm kind of paraphrasing this one, but the next point is the greater... Okay, when you're on a higher plane, the projectiles you throw from the top going down gain velocity. Right? It's easy to make a a rock roll off the top of the hill to the bottom. You ain't going to make a rock roll the other way. So everything that you do when you're in the high place is easier. Every rock your throw's got more velocity to it. Every, every log you push off towards the enemy, it's got more velocity to it. See, you don't want to be caught in the valley because then it's all on a level playing field. I want to live in the high exalted place with God. To where everything that he tells me, he says, oh, Robert, you just need to do this. Here, throw this. This? Oh, that's a good one, Lord. Oh, look at that. Wiped out a whole, whole bunch of them up there. You see what I'm saying? When you're in that place with the Lord, then it's you and the Lord in the safe place. He tells you what to do. You do it, and it's, oh, man, look how many we knocked in the head. You following me? If you're down in the valley, you don't get that advantage. You're on level ground. You don't get that advantage of having their extra... Oof, on your projectiles. That's called the supernatural, folks. People forget about the supernatural. They're trying to live life in their own strength and their own abilities and how good they can be, and they, they don't take into account the supernatural. They don't take into account prayer and what prayer can do. You can go through the Bible and have the, the greatest word study and just have the most fun by trying to find all the stories all the things where angels interacted with man. Okay? They jerked off chariot wheels. When Pharaoh was crossing the Red Sea, they threw hailstones. What about the gifts of the Spirit? What about, what about a woman, 2 Kings 4, who's broke and looks like there's no way out, but then all of a sudden she found the high place because she went to the prophet, and the prophet said, here, just take this, just take this jar and start pouring oil out, but get as many buckets as you can find. And it just kept pouring out. 
You ever sit around and think about those things? Folks, if you don't, you should. I mean, I would be so mesmerized with a pot that kept flowing oil out of it. I would be looking and pouring and then, you know, and looking and well, how much is in there? You know, I mean, it would just be, it would be the most exciting thing in the world to mess with something like that. Are y'all with me? So you cannot disregard the supernatural. You cannot disregard the moving of the Holy Spirit, of angels at work. Don't let this world beat you down and, and, and get you down in the valley. Stay in the high places with God. Stay in the high and elevated places with God. Because that's the easy yoke. Don't let him drag you. Don't let the devil drag you down. The next point. The other good thing about the high place is steep, rocky terrain makes it difficult for vehicles to get up it. Like a car, a truck, a tank, or whatever. It just they may have some big artillery down there, but you just can't drive up if the if the terrain is steep and rocky. Y'all with me? <clears throat> so look at Hebrews 1 7. Hebrews 1 7. It says, and, and, he, and the, the writer of Hebrews is talking about the difference between Jesus and angels here. But he makes a statement. He says, and angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits, spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? Now skip down and look at verse 13. But to which of his angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Okay, so just stop right there. He's saying, look, the angels are, are greater than Jesus. He never said to an angel, sit down and I'll make your, 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 your enemies your footstool. He's saying that, he said, I, he said that to Jesus, but then he makes a statement. Are they not all ministers? Who's he talking about? The angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? He said, angels right there, ministering spirits sent forth for us, the heirs of salvation, and those ministering spirits are as a flame of fire. Do you see that? I'm not pulling anything out of text. I'm just showing you the text there. So my point is, this last point is, is steep and rocky terrain is hard to get up. Now don't tell me angels can't make things hard for your enemy. Some of the cool things in the scriptures, you know, like when Elisha, <clears throat> when the king was trying to kill him, sent 50 men out, right? And, and his servant was freaking out because his servant wasn't living in the high place. His servant was living in the valley. He wasn't living in that high place with God, that safe place. But Elisha was. And he said, man, look around the hills. There's more of us than there is of them. Look, look out there. And he looked out there, and there was flames and fiery chariots all around. Well, who was that? It was the angels. It was the heavenly host. And Elisha never got even worked up. He just, because he was living in that place. See, what happens to his church is that we, we're living in that place, but then the enemy, situations, circumstances, things, we get to feeling bad, we get hot, we just hot, and we just think it's hot, and it can never get it cool again. Maybe we like to have a good one today. Y'all like to have a hot service because the air conditioner freaked out and was pumping heat in here. Tell me that wasn't the devil. But anyway, you follow me? 
that's what the world wants to do. It wants to get you down there to where you get down at this base level that you're just like everybody else, that there's nothing special about you. You don't stand. You just, you're just like everybody else. You're just going to trudge through life, one foot in front of the other. But what God says, no, I want you to come and don't have the fear of man. Don't let that be a snare to you. But what I want you to do is come up into this high, exalted place with me. This inaccessible, safe place with me. I'm going to give you one last scripture. Psalms 91, verse 14. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. That word, set him on high, that's the same word as he said over there. And I'll put him in a safe place. Is that highly inaccessible, that high inaccessible place. So you may say, well, pastor, that's good preaching tonight. That was fun, and I enjoyed that, but you don't know where I'm at. Okay? You've got to ask yourself a question. Do you want to stay in the valley where you are, or do you want to learn to get to the high place? Because all he said was, trust me. That's all he said. He, he didn't say you had to be perfect. He didn't say you had to be able to, you know, high jump nine foot. Right? He didn't say you had to do anything. You can be a lunatic, but trust him and he'll take you to the high place. So it boils down to, you know, if I, if I could, if I, I, what I said to you all a while ago about... <clears throat> Being older, you look back and you do things different. If I could go back to myself and tell myself anything, you know, I could go, I'd do a back from the future or however that worked and go back and tell young Robert Richards something. You know what I tell him? Don't worry about anything. Because it has been my understanding and my, my experience in life that most of everything, like 99% of everything that I worry about, are worried about never happened. It never was that as bad. And I lived through it. Whatever it was, it didn't eat me. You know, it thought it was going to eat me. It didn't eat me. And no matter how big it is, no matter how big, it just didn't eat me. And you can say, well, what about so-and-so? What about, I don't know about so-and-so. I'm just telling you my life. I'm just telling you, the things I worried about and spent time fretting about and trying to avoid and trying to deal with those things, it never happened. It would have been a whole lot easier life to have just trusted God than to try to figure out how to worry and make it happen in my own strength. That's what I'd tell myself. Don't worry. It's all going to work out. It doesn't make any difference. Stay in the safe place with God. Trust Him. Believe. You know, I was reading something the other day, and you know, you have to watch because there's religious spirits that want to get you to worry. You know what they sound like? Are you sure you're praying right? Are you sure you prayed long enough? Is that really the scripture, what it's saying? Is that really the right translation? Those are demonic religious spirits that want to keep you in bondage because you're not going to go do something 
over here sinful in the flesh, so they want you to get you out of faith over here by questioning that. Listen to me. Can I tell you this? And nobody throw anything at me? And, and nobody just run off crazy or anything? Y'all stay sane? There is no set time for prayer. One faith-filled word could be enough. All right? I believe with all of my heart, and this tape's going to go out, and I want to get a little, another letter from it, but I don't care. There is no perfect translation. I don't care if you're reading authorized King, uh, King James 16. You know that when I... Okay, my first Bible was a New Living Bible. Then a religious person gave me a New King James, I mean a King James, authorized 1611 translation, said this is what you got to read. And I remember reading it, and this is a baby Christian, and you know how, you know how King James says, you can't figure out whether he's saying to do it or not to do it. <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking about? The way it's worded is like, you know, I, I can't quote one right now. But I would I think now is he saying do it or don't? And I'd go back and I'd read it again and I'd read it again trying to figure out because I couldn't understand. Listen to me. Whatever's speaking to your heart and God is speaking to you, as long as he's not saying, yeah, it's okay, you know, do whatever you want to. Because if you're getting that from your scriptures, you may be reading the wrong translation. <laughs> right? But my point is. It's about trusting Him. It's about developing and working out your own salvation with fear and trembling and getting to that place in life to where you know God's talking to you and you know you're in the safe place with Him. And sometimes you get distracted by the hullabaloo that's going on over here, but you then get to, oh, no, 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 I'm going to keep my focus over here. Because that's what happens. It wants to take you off and get you over there, coming out of your high place, going down the mountain, living in the valley, with the enemy. Amen? So go home tonight, figure out every place that you've been ensnared by fear, pray, ask the Lord to deliver you. Because God didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Ask Him to deliver you from fear. Take it, put it all at His feet, and say, Lord, I'm trusting you. Everything's going to work out. Live in the high place. Take that yoke upon you. Let the angels work for you. Don't forget the supernatural. Amen? So look at the person beside you and say, hey, I, I want to live in the high place. Well, praise the Lord. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.